Try it again. And we're going. And three, two, one, take 12. And it's a protege. Yeah. Chronics are where you say. Welcome back, everybody. This is Amit. This way introduces up Dominic. Kaboom! <laughs> this idiot. And that's Dominic. And we're back. And now we've got a whole new thing going on. We're still doing this show remote. Dominic is in the Boca Raton office. And uh, Amit is here in the Miami studio, i.e. apartment. Um, and for some reason, Dominic decided to put on another giant sweatshirt in hot, sunny Miami. But you do you. Um, and again, nothing matches. You're wearing a University of Miami sweatshirt and a Pittsburgh hat, primarily because of color coordination, I assume, right? One more time. Okay, now I can't hear you, Doug. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Talk. I am there you go. He's back again. Oh, okay, he's back. He's back. All we right, had right. technical it's difficulties. In my, it's, in my, it's in my soul to rock that gold. <laughs> wow. Introduce our guest. Stop talking. Introduce All right. Guest. And today we've got our guest coming to us from horrible San Francisco. And I say that loosely because I'm not a fan, but he loves it. Uh, Mark Flobos. You can say hello, What's Mark. What's going on? <laughs> I, I didn't know what. <laughs> hey, fellas. How we doing? Good, good, good. So Mark and I, actually, I think Mark has been mentioned on the show before. Mark is uh, my... Uh, my intro to the Egyptian culture by way of New Jersey when he and I went to high school together there back in the late 90s or mid 90s and uh, still friends. <laughs> Go figure. He is now living in San Francisco and now working in the in the in the weed space, which is a space that I'm ignorant about. And we're going to find out some more about that today. Dominic has some interest in this space uh, just you know, in general, just seeing how things are growing, etc. Um, no pun intended. And. So, yes, yeah, so we wanted to chat with Mark, and obviously, and Mark has been somebody who's actually listened to the show, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, let's start there. What's going on, Mark? What's, 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 what's the weather like in, in beautiful San Francisco today? You know, contrary to what you say, it's actually sunny here today. <laughs> um, Amit has this thing with the sun out here, but, I'm, but every time I go to LA to see that guy, it's always foggy and cloudy. Dude, so. San Francisco, you go, it's like, it's, it's, it's 70 degrees and you turn the block and it's 50 degrees and they go, oh, microclimates. F that, man. It's just garbage yeah. weather. I got to carry around my jacket everywhere <laughs> just in case, you know, there's no well, actual climate. It's a great place to live. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing too, right? So obviously we've, we've had a couple guests on in the past and as those of you who have listened to us know that we are, um, fairly free flowing in our content and the way we kind of discuss stuff, et cetera. Mark was nice enough to send us, in essence, a resume about things that he has done, which is great, <laughs> by the way, because I ain't going to lie to you, man. We did zero research. <laughs> but again, I know Mark, so it's easy. Dominic was like, wow, this dude's done a bunch. Now, mind you, it makes, Mark, it makes you seem a lot smarter than I know you are, but still, man, well done. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a matter of just putting the blindfolds on people, making them think you are something you're not. So. <laughs> Um, so hold up. All right. So we're going to go chat about the, about mm -hmm. the, the weed space and stuff, but, um, sure. just in the transition there. So Mark, as I mentioned, Mark and I went to high school together. Um, you know, his parents are Egyptian. His, so he's, he's first generation American like myself. Um, his, mm -hmm. his, both his parents came over from Egypt. 
Um, he lived down the street from me in Edison, New Jersey, and we'll get into some of that stuff as well. But the career path has also been all over the place, meaning he worked for StubHub for a period of time. And, you know, and obviously for those of you who know StubHub as well, so that's sports oriented, et cetera. But that's, again, digital and online and so on and so forth in the e-commerce space. Worked for the Jets for a period of time. Um, I guess everybody's got to hustle. Um, and then, then he yeah. went on to, <laughs> then he went on to work again back in the in the e-commerce space again, and then did a bunch of other stuff. And now he is in the weed space, actually working for the Apothecarium. Yes. There you go. Boom. Well, yeah, yep. All right, yeah. school me. What the hell is the Apothecarium? What do you do? Yeah, so um, we were acquired by Terrison in uh, June of 2019, uh, which is a publicly traded Canadian uh, company. Uh, anyway, they, they, they acquired a California asset, which is the Apothecarium, State Flower, uh, and Valhalla Confections. State Flower they purchased a little bit later on, um, or are in the process of acquiring. Uh, with that being said, Apothecarium is a group of dispensaries. We have about we have five here in California, three in San Francisco, one in Berkeley, California, and uh, one in Capitola, which is in the Santa Cruz area. Uh, State Flower is a cultivation, uh, about 20,000 square feet uh, indoor, uh, and about 10,000 square feet of that is canopy. Uh, and then Valhalla Confections is our edibles manufacturing uh, facility, which is based in Santa Rosa. Um, State Flower, by the way, it's the largest cultivation in San Francisco. So that's, uh, for now, that's something that we get to tout is that we are the largest cultivation in, in San Francisco. And we're, a, it's still very boutique, right? There's so many groups that grow so much more flour, but we're a, we're a very boutique indoor hydro, uh, and we're producing roughly 330 to 350 pounds of flour a month. Did you know anything about so this piece before you got into it? I knew zero. Uh, actually, when I was getting interviewed, I'm like, yeah, do you guys want somebody that knows nothing about cannabis? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just because, you know, it's interesting enough not to segue too far off, but like, you know, cannabis growing up on the East Coast, especially with a conservative family, had a certain stigma to it, right? Um, and so as I started to, you know, you get a little bit older, you start doing your own research, um, and you kind of look at how... And you start smoking um, more. <laughs> well, yeah. Research, um, yeah, sorry research um and then you start looking kind of just at how um marijuana or cannabis was you know wrongly put into this war against drugs uh campaign um anyway so hold up um, on that note before my, you progress did your yeah. parents so were your parents anti the situation or family were they like whoa weed mark um, i mean yeah, yeah you know in the beginning i think my mom was a little bit uh taken aback by it in the beginning she was a little bit she was you know it was just like what are you going to tell people? You know, kind of. His mom actually sounds like that, dude. It's crazy. His mom yeah. literally sounds like that. And I, and I was like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell people, you know, I, I was like, well, look, you have two choices. You can tell them what I do, or you can tell them that I'm a pharmaceutical sales rep if you, uh, if you just want to avoid any conversation. And she's like, well, what are you going to say? I'm like, I'm going to tell them exactly what I do. And I think just over time and uh, having, trying to have like, you know, intelligent discussions about it, you know, it's starting to loosen up a bit, right? Uh, I think we have a long way to go in terms of um, the education of cannabis and what it can do for people from a medicinal standpoint, how it could help uh, against the opioid uh, epidemic that we're, we, we currently have. Uh, and then, you know, the recreational side. I don't think that within moderation, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying and consuming a, 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 a natural plant. So, um, you know, I just think there's a lot of education and there's so much that still hasn't been explored. And 
you know, I'm in California, which is kind of, in my opinion, right now, has, it has a great culture here, um, obviously, for from years past. And there's so much innovation and, uh, and uh, just thought process, and so much innovation and research happening here that I'm hoping as the country starts to legalize, California starts to kind of um, bring the rest of the country along with it. So you yeah, alluded sorry. to you no 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 that's great you alluded to the war on drugs which I want to get into but I want to keep it a little light lighthearted for now because yeah sure. I, I can go heavy handed on that yeah, and um, just and just really quick my specific role within the company is I head up uh, wholesale uh, sales uh, on the West Coast uh, basically California for right now so for example State Flower and Valhalla I I run the you know basically selling to dispensaries outside of outside of our own dispensaries. So, and how does it work with your company against California in general? You guys are fully integrated? So in terms we, of... Yeah, so it's uh, cannabis in California, every state is different, but uh, California, Nevada, which the, the two I know most about is uh, a very much like the alcohol space where you have a brand, a distributor, and then the retailer at the end. And a cannabis brand can only sell to a retailer, uh, which is either a non-storefront retailer, which is a delivery service out here, uh, or a brick-and-mortar service. So obviously, uh, unless you have a retailer license, you cannot sell uh, product outside of that. Okay. And you mentioned about education. Because of, yeah. yeah. I, I've flabbergasted just it seems it's been remarkably drastic over the last few years about the um, the image and the preconceived notions we have about marijuana in general. You, you mentioned it's very true. We have a long way to go, but I'm just thinking even 10 years ago, like this where we're at now, and I, I was ignorant, would have seemed inconceivable, quite frankly, you know, yeah. across the country. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned it. I just like I talk because I'm here in California and have access to so many interesting people. Uh, I talk to people who are kind of like considered, you know, OGs in the space. What you call the two fifteen days? Oh, um, called what? Uh, two fifteen days. What does that mean? Um, it's basically before recreation. Before I mean, what's what's two fifteen though? Uh, hard to get into okay. right now. But, okay. uh, <laughs> that means he doesn't know. Uh, but no, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> essentially, um, obviously, where things are a bit more medicinal, you didn't really have brands at the time. Uh, and I think around, a lot of them tell me around 2013, 2012, is when they started to realize that legalization in California is actually going to become a thing. Um, and that, that happened, I believe, January 1st of 2018, is when California became fully recreational. But we still have the same issues, right? Meaning uh, some of the issues that existed in Colorado and stuff like that still exist by way of the cash aspect. Like it's still not a federal, like the money that comes in is still a pain in the ass to to put in banks yeah, and mean, to do stuff with. I mean, it's... Are you guys using credit unions and not using credit cards itself? Or you... So there are, yeah, I mean, so we are, I think we're a pretty sophisticated group out here. So... Uh, we've been able to figure out banking, um, which is which we've been fortunate. Uh, but a lot of groups uh, haven't figured out banking and still manage a lot of cash, um, which obviously adds an element of some security issues here and there, right? Um, so 
I think that's going to start loosening too. I really think these next few years with the, you know, with the Democrats being uh, in control, uh, I think will be important to see what, what they can push through um, with legalization and banking. I mean, banking is so important and I'm really confused as to why a lot of, you know, really why a lot of these banks don't do it is it's not federally legal. We're not, we're not, we're not going to touch it until the government on a federal makes a decision on a federal level. So it's because I see that part and I find it very interesting only because now we've got these ETC EFC situation going on and everybody's messing with, uh, with Ethereum and stuff like that. But you guys don't dabble in that space at all yet. Right. As far as, and I don't mean you guys specifically, I mean the industry. Yeah. You know, um, I've done very little research on the crypto piece, but there are a few out there that are trying to create cryptos, uh, for the cannabis industry. I mean, that may be a cool way around it to kind of bring in a bunch of things together. Again, me knowing nothing about the space in general, but I just think it's, it's, you know, with, with government being government and with the popularity growing state to state to state, you know, it's almost like a, it's almost an easy way to be like F you government and get away with what, not get away with, but do what you want to do and kind of thrive and not have some of the risks security wise and otherwise, which again, what does that do that forces the government hand? Cause they want money and you know, the game changes, but it's almost like forcing their hand versus letting them come to terms with this over time, which when they come to terms with shit, it's always way late anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I think we need to work closely with government cause we want, to start again, I think the education piece is, you know, the money piece is one thing, and I think you have an education piece that we really need. I mean, I, f- I forgot who the, re- the Republican congressman or senator was that was talking about marijuana killing people and all these things. You, know, you can't you can't overdose on on marijuana. Um, you'll fall asleep before you ever do. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's just so much education that needs to happen, and we need to do it in, in a proper way. I mean, look. Right. Everybody talks about their college experience and I did this and I did that. What I've been fortunate enough here for myself is like really understanding how to dose yourself uh, properly, talking to the right experts. The one thing that I will say, our dispensary group, the Apothecarium, I think they do a really good job. Uh, you know, we, we've made our, they've made their business uh, based around really educating consumers when they come in, not just being like, what do you want? Not, it's not like just super transactional. It's not like come in. I'm going to try to say as much as I can and then get out. It's more like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you, what do you need? As if they want that sort of a consultation. So that's starting to happen too, is that we have consultations. The, the, the uh, patient consultant will discuss with them. Is it ailments? Is it for recreation? You know, and start working with them on what works best for them. Cause even if like, even if you're smoking, some strains will work great for you and some strains won't. And there's, that's just a matter of your body composition. In your DNA. Like I'm not somebody who like I don't dabble personally. Um, I know a lot of people who dabble in 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 the edibles, and I and by the way, I don't dabble only because, man, I don't need another vice. <laughs> That's literally what it is. I was like, there's only there's there's enough crap that I already get into that if I dabble in that space, it's going to cause me some more. Um, just another thing to upkeep to to end. And I don't. Well, actually, is it? And I don't even know. Is it? What's Florida like? Is Florida is op, is is legal? Like, what's how, what's the difference? By the way, so if I wanted medic, to dabble medic, in the space, medical. what could I do? Oh, so I gotta get a Florida's license. Medical. Okay. Yeah. So I gotta go find somebody in a in a medical. in a in some. I mean, are these legit doctors I gotta find, or I gotta go to some shady place to get uh, a card? You can, no, no. You can go online, and there's some. There's legit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nothing shady about I'll, that. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you a funny story. I, uh, you know, you read the rules 
all the regulations you're supposed to requirements you're supposed to have. And I, I have a lot of stuff. You know, I've had seven concussions, surgery on both knees, the the police incident. I had all this stuff yeah. to talk about. Right? And I get there and I start telling the doctor and he says, uh, within ten seconds, um, you know, I start with my knee, he says, How bad is the pain? I say, oh, it's not that bad, but it's that okay, you're good. And I froze and I said, wait, wait, what do you mean? I just sat in the car, like, preparing. No, I, I have more to talk about. No. <laughs> you know? and, and then I'm waiting and I, I, I'm interviewing um, a girl and I don't know what she says. Or I can't hear her, but I just hear him say, just say anxiety. That's it. Like he's telling her what's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's an interesting space. And what what other questions do you guys have? What 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 can we? What what road do you want to go down here? Um, I mean, do you have anything lighthearted before I go down that dark path? Well, I mean, I was gonna go. Okay, before we go too dark, I just this literally from my ignorance in the business side of things, right? So, you're in the space. I don't know who runs the space in general. So some of the path that Dom's gonna that Dom's gonna touch on, I'm sure relates to this as well. But, um, and you may not even know these stats by the way. But in general, right? So. From stuff that I know as an ignorant person, and whether it's watching documentaries or whether it's watching news reports, et cetera, via, you know, whether it's Vice or so on and so forth, like quote unquote credible sources, um, there is, it's still very, uh, it's still very much the, the, the wealthy or the large corporations or whatever who've been able to truly benefit from a lot of this because of the cost of getting in, because of the, um, uh, the various regulations and rules and so on and so forth. It's still been, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of companies out there doing this, but there is an overall, you know, there's somebody with money in the back end who either owns a bunch of these things or somebody in the back end who's, who's levying, who's levying the government to do certain things, but it's not really a simple, Hey, we, the people now get to make some money in, in, in the marijuana game. Like it's not that cut and dry. Like there's a lot of regulations and red tape from what I understand. So is it, just the big companies who kind of run the show or are there, you know, is, is a little man making anything? Can the little man make anything? Should people even get into the space if they got some extra cash? Like, is it too, is there too, is there too much red tape? It's a very regulated industry. And I think that's obviously for a reason, right? I think a lot of people want to see this thing work. Um, so there, yes. Is there a lot of regulation? Yes. And, it, and it's limited depending on the state. Uh, for example, I think Colorado was pretty open, but depending on the state, you're limited in the, in the number of uh, licenses for a dispensary that you can that you can hand out. Um, there's generally an application process that you have to go through. Um, so it's not, you know, I know from just seeing folks in this state go through it. It, you know, it it takes a lot to get one, and obviously you have to be able to read through the regulation, understand them, uh, call, you know, attorney fees. Um, so there is you know, quite, quite a bit that you have to have to be able to start one of these businesses. You can't, you know, but then there are others who are able to, to and obviously there's tons of mom and pops. I mean, California is super ingrained. You know, this was all kind of mom and pops. I think what was interesting is a lot of these groups, you know, before legalization, you know, everybody's in their own little bubble and didn't talk to each other or say what they did. And then all of a sudden legalization comes and now these people can, can talk to each other and learn more from each other. So I think you're starting to see things kind of loosen up a bit with in terms of like um, communication. Um, but yeah, is it an easy industry to get into? Absolutely not. It's extremely regulated. 
Um, you have to know all the rules. You know, you don't want you don't want those the uh, the government you know the, the, those state departments coming after you and vending you or taking away your license. Um, so it, yeah, it's it's a very regulated space. But I think I think they're doing that for a reason. And I think as people start to get more comfortable and as more states legalize, those regulations will hopefully loosen up. All right, Dom, bring us down. We're on drugs. Kaboom. <laughs> you got a question I mean, there? I, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel like that we could go on for hours about the, the, the really effed up situation where, you know, that things are more progressive now, obviously. Um, we're talking about educating, you know, the masses in general, the stereotypes, our parents, things of that nature. Um, I, I would say specifically, it sounds like your parents, Mark, and, and I think my parents to some extent, your mom. I mean, um, you know, the war on drugs and what it's done and how we're not changing things retroactively. We look at, you mentioned the opioid crisis and we, we We've addressed that differently than what we've done with a non-problematic drug, per se. Like you mentioned, you can't OD on marijuana, right? It's 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 like the, the nicest of the drugs if you if you want to put it in a in a kitty fashion. I mean, we talk about the billions we spend still to this day every year on the war on drugs, and overwhelmingly still on marijuana. You know, the ACLU had a stat, I can never say that, ACLU had a stat that between 2001 and 2010, there were over 8 million marijuana arrests. And the majority, almost 90%, was for simple possession. Not distribution, not some big drug dealer, literally possession for personal use. People being arrested. And guess what? Overwhelmingly, disproportionately so, non-white predominantly black, almost four times as much, when drug use amongst races is constant and proven so. We all like marijuana. It is what it is. Um, just my rant about what that does, how it affects our community. Now that we have states opening up and we're creating jobs and industries and revenue, you know, we are still to this day while this is happening. Um, affecting people directly and then affecting the economy overall. I mean, we have dire consequences. I wrote down a few things that it could do is, you know, getting arrested simply for marijuana possession. What can they do? They can affect future employment opportunities, um, housing opportunities, child custody determination. I never thought about that. Imagine your parents in a court battle and, you know, the judge brings up, well, you've been arrested for marijuana and you have uh, it's a bad influence things of that nature you know it can it can affect uh, administ uh immigration status think about that as a first generation uh american yourself mark had something happened in the past with your parents and something like this you wouldn't be here and that's happening now kind of my long-winded rant um about what we're doing and i'm wondering you know what States can potentially do to, with the revenue they're they're generating, to, you know, right this wrong, kind of a thing. It's my rant, no real questions. Yeah. It's my usual rant. I go on about this stuff. 
Yeah, so California has an equity program, and unfortunately, I'm not super well versed in it, so I probably should have been for this call. If only you knew that we were um, having a call about race and weed, but okay, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but California, for example, has instituted an, an equity program, um, so that helps um, minorities, um, people of color, to uh, acquire licenses and start businesses. Um, so... I believe, for example, I had no idea. That's yeah. great. Oakland has an equity program. Um, I think it's, I think it's city by city, but there are equity programs out there uh, to try and help. Um, obviously, I think, you know, as you said, I mean, my, my, you know, that we need more programs for minorities uh, and for people of color um, to start, you know, to to have opportunities to build out businesses, especially marijuana, especially considering that, like. A lot of the war on drugs was based off of incarcerating uh, people of color and, and, and minorities, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think we're at the start of it, and I'm, I'm hoping that there will be more opportunities um, for this segment of the population um, to build businesses. You know, there's also the Last Prisoner Project, if you know what that is. Uh, that's a nonprofit organization that's trying to help in terms of decriminalization and then also getting uh working uh get you know to to uh, to help you know, uh to help get people out of jail um so we're going there to is, i'm definitely going to yeah, look into it Thank yeah you. so ch- check out the last prisoner project i think that's a good one um those are some of the organizations that are trying to right the wrong um that ha- that marijuana has gone through for a considerable period of time yeah, because unfortunately, a lot of these, uh, even when we're making these progressive laws and moving forward, a lot of them aren't applied retroactively. Yeah. Know? Um, and that, that has extreme adverse effects. And, and I like that you mentioned the grants and programs to help minorities, because my understanding is it's less than 1% of owners in this industry, whether what the business is from distribution to growth or anything to being a retailer, are minorities themselves when especially they've been adversely affected by the war on drugs. Yeah, I mean, it's still a, a small number compared to the percentage of the population that consumes. But um, my hope is that with these programs and education that more minorities will get involved. And, and, and I think we'll start to see that happen. Um, so, you know, um, I would definitely check out The Last Prisoner Project. There's a lot of groups that, mm-hmm. that, that connect with them uh, that are trying to help. And by the way, it's not just for minorities. It's you know, all it's all groups, all people that um, anyway who's been affected. Yeah, yeah, that's been affected. Yeah, and, by, and, right. and, and that also happens predominantly to the poor, regardless of race. You know, right? It's the war on drugs has been an attack on, on poor people as well. Uh, you sure. guys see? I didn't really dig into it, so I don't know much. Did you guys see the uh, "quote unquote" controversy in the Biden administration last week regarding the staffers who were fired were officially fired? And others were reprimanded and forced to work from home temporarily. Have you guys seen that? No, it's me. Yeah. So, evidently, there was a uh, some sort of I don't know if it was a, a questionnaire or an in-person interview where they asked people about their previous marijuana use, and a bunch of people admitted to it, and five staffers wound up being fired. Now they're saying that there were other circumstances which led to those firing, but a bunch of other staffers were told to work from home temporarily while they investigate further and determine things, which 
Hold up. So they were, they were, up, uh, yeah, they were they were they were already employed and then were let go from employment employed. because of a previous it's, situation that they had done it's, it's prior a, to employment. Yeah. Is that even legal? They, no, they I mean, it was not a murder. No, they may have done it. They may have, they may have I'm, based, I'm guessing based on odds, some of it was done while employed. So you're saying to me they admitted to you. <laughs> I guess this goes back to the whole federal situation of like the federal versus state aspects because, of these Because it is a federal. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's a Biden administration. That's a federal. Yeah. But then, I mean, okay, so then hold up. But now if you don't fire them and if it's a fed, if it's illegal in the federal law, right, federal situation and you reprimand them without firing them, then you also set a pretty garbage precedent as well. You almost either have to change the rule or you've got to, or you've got to stand up by the, or you've got to. No, but remember, the they, didn't, they didn't test. They, they're different. It's not like you're, it's like your job. I understand the company has They didn't test positive and fail a test. You know, they said in the past, we, we smoke marijuana. Like previous presidents have admitted. Yeah, but I mean, as, as we saw with your boy Trump, previous presidents can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. Um, but when you're talking about, if I'm working for the federal government and the federal government says you cannot smoke marijuana because it is illegal and I do such thing, um, now again, somebody should really I, test you I to believe, see if you actually are. Uh, you know, no, what I'm saying? like no, this no, is one of the letters. Have, have sorry. I mean, have. so Kamala, I believe Kamala said she did also. Did she get fired? Again, uh, we've established that not everybody's the same. Kamala and Joe Biden are not the same. We've established this, right? Uh, if if anybody's established this, it's Trump. They, we are not all the same. So no, right? And it, and if you think you're 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 the same as them, then that's cute. <laughs> you're not. You know, if it's just the way the world works, right? Some people just some people have a higher station than others, and it is the reality of the world we live in. But I just don't know how you can be federal. I mean, my point, is, my point, is, it speaks to the hypocrisy we were talking about earlier, right? If the federal government's going to say you can't do X, Y, and Z, and the state government's like, yeah, do whatever you want. We're seeing it right now with COVID stuff as well, you know, with our friends in Texas who are like, hey, no, nah, F the mask. You have a good time. Be fine. Don't worry about COVID. Like, there's, there's idiocy on many levels. But what, what I would assume this should do is reinforce the fact that they need to change the federal statutes as it relates to this. If, in fact, but if they can't, then they cannot show favoritism either because somebody else can get penalized for this in a different job. So you cannot... Show favoritism, you got to change the rules, and they can change the rules. So, to your point, you can get what? Yeah, but what, if even you're in a federal a government, if you're in a federal rules. job and it's illegal to smoke or illegal to be a marijuana user in a federal job, my expectation is that you would said you would lose your job. I would assume. The past moment. But you keep saying past, past, but nobody knows what the past is. You said some of them could be doing it right now, or could have done it in the recent they, past. But that's, but that's the thing there, there could they asked them in the past, have you used marijuana? Google it. Yeah, it happened in the past, 10 years ago. I mean, again, so it's got to be statute of limitations. I get you there, right? But yeah. I'm saying you cannot show favoritism. you got to change the rules. No, this this actually did change the rules. That's what they're saying. Only okay. they should have fired more. That's the crazy that's, thing. Okay, no, that's my even point. Under yeah. your boys, even under your boys. No, no, no. What I'm saying is they changed the rules and this happened. They were saying the rules were worse. Okay, that's even worse. It's, it's okay. a wild dynamic. So, yeah. So under your boy, who you've already mentioned three times on this episode, going for the record, there, 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 was, there was a Trump threat reference. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, don't three for the record. Already, you know, the rules were supposedly worse, and with previous administrations, Democrat Republic, the rules were worse, but they weren't adhered to and enforced. Like all of a sudden, Biden administration comes in, makes the rules better. Um, 
And so that's the reason only five people got fired because they made the rules better. There should have been more that got fired, even though in other administrations, none do. Because I'm going to go on a limb and say your boy Donnie Jr. is doing quite a bit more. And I don't mean has done. I mean is doing quite a bit more. And I'm making that complete blanket statement with no evidence at all. And that's purely just a bit speculating. You got Ben Rhodes. Who, uh, ben Rhodes. I have no idea. He was no idea if this is true. He tweeted. I have no idea if this is true, but I do know I served as a deputy national security advisor from 09 to 2017, having acknowledged past marijuana use on my form. It'd be wrong to punish people for something that is entirely normal, increasingly illegal. See, but, but this goes back to what Marco's saying. No, this goes back to Marco's saying, where it was like, we're changing, we need to change the way people perceive this, right? The way, you know, the way his mom and family perceive this versus the way they probably do, hopefully they perceive it now, right? You're not ostracized, Mark, right? They're still welcoming you home for the holidays and stuff? You just have to sit in a corner and smoke by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't talk to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see what I'm saying, yeah, right? No, I get that, but we're going the wrong direction. Mark's talking about going... We're going backwards with it. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I don't know how you keep moving. I, like, like to me, it's just like the whole the whole marijuana thing is very interesting because, and and we said this in like, <clears throat> and I think I've said this more times than I should have ever said this, but this is very the hypocrisy is so strong in this. So Mark brought up a Republican senator or somebody in the past who had. Uh, uh, who'd come out saying that this was, I forgot, the, uh, pardon my ignorance, you said something to the fact that he was talking uh, negatively about marijuana and how it was, you know. Yeah, it was just talking about how it's it, killing people. It, yeah, and killing people. And, and, I'm like, and I'm like, where is, where is your, re like, it, we make these blanket statements now and, and uh, no research or anything and it's more to just appease their, their, their uh, base. But that was the same right, thing, right? right? Where like there, this this literally happened, and I'm trying to remember the, the senators' names, and I can't right now. But there were senators who've literally come out against this, saying, "Oh my God, this is the worst." Your point is killing our kids, and blah 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 blah, gateway drug, and all these things, and are now investing themselves in, in John John Boehner. There you go. Bro. There you go. Right, and now we're investing in these situations, right, or investing in these in these in these financial opportunities, which has my point. It's so frigging, um, I mean, the hypocrisy is just, I mean, it's amazing. Like, it's not, and they're not even trying to be subtle about it. It's like, no, 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 the hypocrisy is just, it's that crazy. So that's why to, to, to this point, like, I see these things as, I see these things beyond the lunacy associated with the fact that the way we penalize this situation. I only assume that this stuff is going to get, like, until these things will change when dollars and cents are affected. Plain and simple. These things will not change on any moral aspect. These things will totally change when there's revenue aspects or dollars associated with them. Right now, with all the programs we're trying to get in place, like there's, I think Biden's got an infrastructure plan going in place. We already have the stuff related, you know, the $1.9 trillion relief bill. We've got all these things, right? So you're going to start seeing a situation, in my view, you're going to start seeing these things where everybody's going to come back and say that we've got all the spending. How do we get the money back? And what Republicans are going to say is like Democrats want to tax everything. And the reality is, you're gonna to have to increase taxes on something because we're paying. We're just we're, we're just we're just doling out dollars, right? So if I can increase my tax revenue, then maybe that's something to look at. I.e., laws that existed to Mark's point earlier, right, to make it a little more difficult for people to bank or whatever. Those things are gonna to have to be rethought only because we need the money. Plain and simple. Morality be damned. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up an interesting point. One of the things I think the states are gonna to need to do as legalization uh, happens state by state. And then I think federal is coming as well uh, within hopefully the next, let's say within hopefully the next four to 10 years that federal legalization comes. Um, I really think the states need to really review their, their tax structure as well. I just like, uh, just 
so much tax is placed on every part of the process. And um, I'm hoping that they start to look at those and review them because it, it obviously will hopefully be something that does generate revenue for the states and, and federally. But we also need to make it in a way that people that have been operating in the black um, are, you know, are incentivized uh, on the black market. I mean, are incentivized to want well, to legalize. I thought you meant just cash positive is what I thought you meant. No, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> I'm in the black. I, I mean, operating in the black. I meant the black market. Gotcha. Um, so, like California, for example, California's black market is still bigger than the recreational market by a lot, right? And that's because I don't think it's. I don't think the structure necessarily has been put in place to incentivize those groups to want to legalize. Um, and so that to me says there's a disconnect that you'd rather work, you'd rather stay as an illegal form, right? You'd rather sell illegally, so obviously you're going to make more money, but like where's the incentive to start bringing these folks, especially in a, a very, you know, California's uh, culture here with that, right? It's been so ingrained for so long because it's been medicinal for so long. At what point do we look at it and say, hey, we really need to, we really need to start amending some of these rules and regulations because we really need to incentivize these groups in the black market to come to come to our side. I mean, all right. So then now, like on 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 a, you guys own you guys own the the grow houses you mentioned earlier. You got the hydro and all that situation. You guys own the dispensaries as well. Uh, so. We're vertically, it's called vertical integration. I think uh, Dominic alluded to that earlier. So basically, we we have an edibles manufacturer where we make gummies, chocolates. We actually just launched uh, a de-alcoholized beer as well. Um, so that was really cool. That's really cool. Um, and then we have our cultivation here in San Francisco. So uh, it all flows through one. Um, you know that, Dom? You can try so, the beer now because Dom doesn't drink beer. Yeah, not yeah. We took a uh, do you we make took a blonde we took a blonde ale and a hazy IPA and dealcoholized them. If you can do it with the Zima, so. Dom's gonna be all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's be beverages are are really uh, is a, is, it's, beverages are interesting and it's a fast growing space as well. Um, so again, lots there's lots of innovation coming. So like now you have groups that are not using distillate and using an emulsion which the motion allows to bypass the liver, which allows for a faster, uh, a faster action time, right? So you, you get instead high of quicker. it taking, yeah, instead of it taking like 45 minutes to an hour and a half, when you take a gummy, you now can emulsify using emulsification. And that allows you to get, you know, that allows you to feel the effects within 10 to 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, so again, there's what's, what's been nice about recreation and the legalization is the innovation that's coming along with it. Right. And I think a lot of it and, and, you know, to be honest, I've, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me who are like, you know, dealing with chemo and not eating and all these other things. And I go and uh, I get them gummies or whatever it is and their appetite comes back. And, you know, for, 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 for me, when I came into recreation or when I came into this role, which I'm very thankful for, because, you know, it was really quite obviously came in with very little knowledge. I didn't really consume. Uh, and then I have access to some of the best experts in, in the country or maybe even in, in, in the world and really start to teach me about the product. You really like when you come to a cultivation, you really like and you see, hey, you see the process of what the plant goes through. And then you see like at the end when it's this beautiful budding thing and like it really gives you really start to build and grow a respect for the plant itself. 
Um, and for me personally, like obviously the, the coming into this and you can make money and, and all that stuff, what actually uh, kind of changed my mind a little bit about where, what this can do and how it can help people was I decided to spend a week behind the counter with our patient consultants just to hear the interactions back and forth of people. And it was Army veterans coming in with tons of pain and anxiety and PTSD, um, you know, wealthy individuals coming in saying that, like, I'm I'm wealthy and I, I but I have this like, you know, very scheduled, very busy life. My wife does too. This helps us relax. This helps us like stay connected to each other. Um, you see other people coming in. I bought this for my mom who has cancer. I bought this, you know, uh, so mom moms and daughters are coming in, sons and fathers, right? Like uh, now it's these dispensaries are not like, uh, you know, kind of dingy dark places that that uh, are not welcoming for you to go into. Now it's like you know, open Whole Foods style looking uh, dispensaries where people can walk in, right? Yeah, that Apple store style feel where people can walk in, Mm -hmm. feel comfortable, get a consultation. So slowly but surely, I think we'll start making that progress. But, you know, for me, it was listening to these conversations of people and their, uh, you know, and the ailments are, you know, walking in, like I've heard, you know, coming into patient consultants, like, you know, what you recommended to me has really helped me in my life and my family's life. Um, so anyway, not to belabor that point, but those were interesting things to see too, which obviously I think the recreational side and, and uh, the use uh, for enjoyment is obviously I think going to be what really drives this. But seeing those little things when I first started in the industry uh, kind of made me like reset a little bit about, you know, every once in a while somebody's coming in and you're helping them better their life, um, which gave me a little bit, gives you a little bit more of a purpose. So. See, like, I think I'd probably. Uh, I love that. Well, Dom, you would you like so I I would I think because I've never really like I'm not a smoker or anything like that, and I'm always, um, but I think, I think I think I'd probably be. It's funny you come with all these different things. My i.e. the um, the 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 beers and the edibles and things of that nature. It's funny. I'd probably consume a beverage, versus the rest of the the rest of the methods of consumption. Um, my point being there is the fact that you probably end up seeing a lot of people who are, who have reservations like myself. And because there's a myriad of ways to consume it, you probably will find greater adoption too, independent of the fact that people who already enjoy can find new ways of doing so just because, you know, some, some methods are just more palatable, I guess. Oh, I, I got an idea for you, Mark. Revolutionary. Ready for this? Ready. Put it, put it in a beef burger. <laughs> yeah, uh, audience you know, of one. You know, <laughs> and, and, and and we'll and we'll call it kaboom. We'll call it kaboom. Because yeah, kaboom beat burgers, they'll blow your mind. Right? Yeah, blow your mind you it, yeah. and your prostate. You will feel like glory. <laughs> yeah, I, I look forward to those royalty checks. <laughs> that I mean, just sounds so horrible. You work out a lot, right? Like cannabis helps right after you know your sore, strenuous workouts. It helps relax your body. No, I know, um, I know a group of people who do the CBD. People take the CBD coffee and CBD teas and put the oil into this and the that and the whatevers. And I've had it once and felt nothing. And I don't know if you're supposed to be there. Don't get me wrong. This is my ignorance, right? I assume you're, you're not to supposed feel. to feel anything. Okay, so I felt zero. And I was like, man, yeah, if you've done putting some droplets of water in this thing, calling it yeah. weed and charging me money for it, and yeah, I'm very you're, vexed. You're doing, you're doing CBD and not THC. Yeah, CBD, CBD. The point of CBD is to 
to remove the psychedelic effect and give you the relief that you need. So, for example, a lot of people take CBD during the workday when they have anxiety of some sort because, it, it, you know, they want to stay functional working and they don't they don't want the psychedelic feeling. So CBD is a good alternative for that. Gotcha. That being said, a lot of times um, companies, whatever the product is, will combine, let's say, like, for example, we have something called the CBD Tropical Twist, which is a... Um, it's a gummy that is 10 milligrams of CBD and five milligrams of THC. And that, twist, uh, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That two to one uh, is what is what allows for something called the entourage effect. So you get a little bit, you get, you get, you know, the relief maybe from the CBD and you get a little bit, a little bit high, um, obviously from, from the THC. Um, but the idea around CBD is to remove the psychedelic effect and just give you the anxiety or the relief that you're, anxiety relief or whatever relief it is that you're looking for. Like tinctures or whatever where you can rub it on the area, you know, uh, a cream that you can rub on the area that's affecting you or whatever. Yeah, this is where I'm just generally, you know, ignorant to all this stuff. But, uh, all right, learn. By, by, the, way, by the way, our cultivation grows... Uh, I think what is supposed to be Bob Marley's favorite strain, which is lamb's bread. I don't know if that's a bit like you guys growing gr- growing up in Jamaica. I assume that was a pretty popular Dominic? Um, strain. No, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. <laughs> no, but hold. That's a good point. No, but I mean, did we even? I mean, it wasn't like back in the day. Not even back in the day. I think now in Jamaica, you buying some weed. You just straight up. I mean, now there's like dispensaries there. But for the longest time, anybody know what you were getting? You're just getting. It was a dude in the corner who sold you whatever. That was your guy with the strain or whatever he had. Didn't matter. It was homie. It was Dreddy on the corner. You go to Dreddy, you buy some weed, you move on. And he, he'd roll it for you too if you wanted, which I always found very interesting. This man's got his tongue all over your issues, and he's rolling this joint, and you go, this is the best. And I'm like, yeah, I prefer to do it myself, but I don't know how. Yeah. Um, another reason I didn't get into it. Um, but yeah, you just I, buy it from a dude in the corner. The oh, completely. The and he goes, oh, here you go. And they go, oh, I'll smoke that. And I was like, man, I don't know this guy. You know, this is and this is pre-COVID. I can't even imagine it in a COVID time. You know, so I figured if I was gonna do oh, it, I gotta yeah, learn, yeah. right? Think about it. So if I figured if I had to do it, I had to learn mm-hmm. how to roll this stuff, which I'm not learning how to do. That was another. So a lot of barriers to entry. That's one of my things where I never understood people who got into heroin either, because I was like, man, you gotta have apparatus to do heroin. <laughs> I gotta carry around a spoon. That, that, I gotta that's carry why you around. Uh-huh. Heroin. Yeah, <laughs> never got I mean, it. Still don't get I- it. After all this discussion we've been having, you're, you you just brought heroin into a conversation. Well, I'm just talking about marijuana. the difficulties. I'm talking about the barriers to entry for drugs, right? And one would assume these were sufficient barriers to entry. But apparently not. People find these to be totally fine. And I'm saying for me, there were barriers. But now you know, now you realize those barriers are pretty much eliminated. No, no, heroin's still, I, I'm not carrying a spoon and a syringe around. So I'm not doing no, that. No, no, forget, forget, forget <laughs> heroin. I don't even bro. smoke. <laughs> no, we're talking weed. No, but I mean, I mean, I don't need, I don't need Dreddy in the corner to, to, to roll me a joint. You're right. I can get away with that. Um, you know, and I can go, apparently I can, I can feign a knee injury and get some weed from wherever in Florida so I can make it work. But yeah, I, I guess again, I've, I've just never dabbled. So I'm just, I'm ignorant to all of it. So one day I'll have to give that a try down, a try out. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, let me know. I've, uh, everything always happy to help. Everything. Yeah, okay, Don's Don's bringing the family into the mix. What's up, Braden? He can't hear us. Hey, obviously, Don, he's got his headphones in, uh, and now he just pushed his kid out <laughs> the like, room. He's like, get away! <laughs> he literally pushed his kid out the room. Um, but but the Barry Century now, of course, you like you mentioned, the edibles, the, the drinks, the uh, you know, flour, the pens, 
Um, they could just, it, it's a lot easier than before learning how to roll yourself. Pre-rolls, every, every, every yeah. Pre-rolls are, all those barriers are kind of, pre-rolls are, are, are a big segment now of, of the category because it's just so much, so much easier to, to, especially, right? If you're, if you're a beginner, I think it's a great way to, to start to, you know, understand, uh, what works for you and how to consume rather than having to do it yourself. And then as you start to, you know, get a little bit more advanced, but like, even with the fire, like, Something that you guys should also consider too, like now that I've been in it for the last three years, you know, it's not much different than the wine industry. Like when you see experts start speaking about the flower itself, there's, you know, certain strains that have a, a smell. Is it gassy? Is it this? Does it, does it have a cheesy smell? Is it a lemon lime smell? Is this effect, that effect? It's really interesting to start, you know, uh, again, I've been very fortunate to be around some of the best uh, experts there are really discussing like, you know, even when I bring people to the cultivation and they come see the plants, like, you know, they're putting their nose to it. Like, you know, how people take the grapes and do whatever, mm. um, you know, they're putting their nose to it. They're saying, oh, I can smell this. Oh, this ring is, this. oh, it's got this stickiness to it. Oh, look at the crystals. Like, it's really cool when you see all different kinds of folks coming in with different kinds of backgrounds in terms of even in cannabis, you know, looking at a flower and what they enjoy about a particular uh, strain and or what or what they look for in general when they come into a cultivation or an, or an outdoor facility. Um, it's just been, it's just like, you know, let's not get away from the fact that, you know, there is this like, you know, um, <clears throat> there's this expertise kind of like you would have uh, somebody in the wine industry, right? So. I, I, um, was, I was blown away by that, the knowledge. Yeah, it's crazy. When you go into the dispensary, it's, it's wild. It's, uh, it's great to see, right? Um, because especially as you have some, you know, a lot of novices that come in and to be able to educate them right there and then and start to help them understand what it is that they should be consuming. Um, I think is, I think is great. And we'll hopefully as the country starts to legalize the, you know, we can, we can take this kind of become best practice and other groups start to start to normalize that into their, into their, uh, in, in, into their business plans. Oh shit. Sorry. But, yeah, no, I'm going, yeah, my bad. Hit the mic. <laughs> On a different note, I got a, I got another important question. Sure. Why were you friends with Amit in high school? <laughs> I, know? I was it a charity project, <clears throat> and if so, I, I applaud you because I mean, he came from Jamaica. He he literally had no friends. He he was going through a weird phase. So if this was yeah. like a charity thing, it's it's very admirable of you to do something and, like that. Yeah, he he just kind of he kind of just latched on like a backpack. But also, and the same size as a backpack. <laughs> yeah, but but also also I I realized that like you know I think we had uh, you know I love Reagan loved Reagan music growing up and I was you know very much for like hip hop I resonated with and and Reagan music I I loved it but I didn't understand a word so I was like wait this guy. I can understand him and he can translate for me what these songs are saying because, you know, at that time, right, the internet was very in its infancy and we couldn't just go look up what lyrics meant. So um, it was nice to bring him along. It was, you know what, I have a lot more gray hairs because of raising this guy, uh, as, as you can see. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and it's funny, you guys mentioned too the Save by the Bell years, what, what you felt like the safer like. When I moved to San Francisco, for grad school, I actually did it. I'd never stepped foot in this city, and I had very much that Saved by the Bell thought process in the early 
because I moved to San Francisco the first time in 2003. Are you mixing and up Saved by the Bell and Full House? No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I literally was like, oh, California must be like this. <laughs> so I'm going go to go to San Francisco. And then when I was moving here, um, my dad hit up one of his best friends uh, growing up in Egypt who lives in the Bay Area. And he was like, he's like, my son is going to California. He knows nobody. He's going to a city he's never been to. And I luckily he has like one friend. here. So he called the guy and was like, hey, my son is moving to San Francisco. And um, he's like, oh, let me speak to your son. He's like, he's like, hey, Mark, you're coming to San Francisco. And I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, have you ever been here? And I was like, you know, no. And he's like, he's like, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. The, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. <laughs> I told place. you, the weather and is he, garbage. And he, and he hung <laughs> up on me. And he, he just hung up on me. So I, I, I think I brought like one jacket. It was, uh, I mean, climate change is for real. The weather is no, is, is so different than it was in 2003 when I moved here. But yeah, it, it was a very cold city when I, when I first moved here. T temperature and people. Um, and actually, no, the people are pretty awesome. I can't knock the people. Um, <laughs> Easy. Yeah, no, that's something I'm not going to have that. But it's funny you mentioned, say about the billiards. I'm looking at Twitter right now. There is, so, and I'm just going to read it directly. People discover that Jensen Karp, the man who went viral after discovering what appears to be shrimp tails in a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, was once a rapper under the stage name Hot Carl and is married to Topanga, which is Boy Meets World, I know, but it's going back in that weird, weird situation. How did I don't this know have why. To do with yeah, what are you we're doing? Talking about, we went, man, the sitcom yeah, things and back afterwards. in the day. Topanga, Topanga was what, after. What do you mean after? Uh, Topanga was, 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 oh no, after Saved by the Bell, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Topanga came way later. But I just find it funny. This first, is a completely random. Completely oh, completely, random. completely. First of all, the man found <laughs> the man found shrimp tails in Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which, I mean, I've never even analyzed my cereal that much. I wouldn't even know if I'd find it my damn self. And I still enjoy Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But I didn't know that was a thing. I, I didn't even know that this was this huge controversy until literally right now. Apparently, it's all the rage on the Twitter sphere. So, yeah, this just caught me off guard. It caught me off guard. But on that note, um, we've taken up a fair amount of Mark's time and he's got to yeah. go and head to the airport because he's just a traveling uh, man because he doesn't care about COVID and he's jumping on planes like a madman over whoa. here. Actually, I think actually, he, he loves to do that. He loves, <laughs> he loves, I just got back in from LA my damn self. But yeah. <laughs> and Mark is actually fully Ray, Ray, vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, fully vaccinated. I'm surprised we didn't, there was no Jets discussion. Especially, no, uh, bro, I can't. There's no point. The Jets aren't even worth talking about, man. I mean, and Dominic's an Eagles fan, even though so there makes no really? sense at all. Dominic's an Eagles oh, fan. But funny enough, we have another um, episode we recorded recently with another individual who is a Jets season ticket holder. It's well, funny, back, that back individual and Jets. this individual are actually partners in the yeah. season tickets. And it can't be a hookup yeah. from this guy. It, it, it can't, I, I, uh, at the time when I was working at the Jets, these seats came open, and I'm like, this opportunity will never happen again. And uh, I Turns out it would happen easily because like, nobody wants to go to Jets games, so it would have been available today as well. But uh, have you, you've <laughs> no, been I'm in those playing, seats, I'm playing. No, friend, there's back now yeah. with you. They're phenomenal, but yeah. So, um, yeah. So we 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 share the tickets together. It's been uh, 
they're they're awesome. That's probably like no, they're they're dope. I think they're the best seats in they're some dope. of the best seats in, in, in the stadium. Dom, have you even been to the so, just have you sat at the seats? Do you know what I'm talking about? The seats were at that at E Pass? No, I've I've seen guys pictures. Yeah. No, I've never. No, it's dope. I mean, and so, you know, we'll see what the world looks like again, hopefully get back to the game. But yeah, Mark's yeah. Mark's actually the one that made that happen. So um Mark's looking at his watch, he's gotta get out of here. So, Dom, Nikki, you have something to say? Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. I appreciate I, I, being I a fan of the show for the knowledge you, you've blessed us with here. Um, we're going to look into the last Prisma project. Yeah, check out that. I am hopeful you, you gave me some confidence about, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the incentives and what they're trying to do for helping other individuals um, who traditionally wouldn't be in a sector like this get involved. So that, that brings me some uh, hope and yeah, we need we need more, but I, I you know, like I said, some of the you know, there's some some cities that are implementing equity programs and I hope we can implement more of that and keep iterating on them, right? Like the thing I feel like with a lot of these programs is we need to keep iterating and improving on them, uh, rather than just saying it's bad and this is why it's bad. It's like, okay, I think it has a there's something good here. Let's fix what's wrong with it and then keep improving on these. I, I don't think we should look at these things any differently than we look at a business, right? If you don't improve on a business, it's going to go out of business. So I think we should we need to look at these policies the same way. Let's improve on them instead of just uh, just trying to get rid of them. Look at that, man. Fair wisdom, enough. And if you're in California, admit, where should they get their uh, their product from in California? Can you pronounce it? The Apothecarium. Come on now. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Come, I know this. I know this. Um, Come visit us. Exactly. Yeah. We also, by the way, we also have uh, we also have one in Pennsylvania. Um, we, have, yeah. we have some, and we have operations um, on the East Coast. So we're a uh, multi net. We're a, uh, we're a national cor- corporation. Can we you also send stuff in the mail legally? In- do you guys? You got to go into That's the spots. I don't know. I'm try- I don't know the game. I'm curious. No, no, That's hence the legal question. Just, I, asked. Not- <laughs> I just asked. <laughs> Federally I illegal. Big no. Big no. Yeah. Okay. And that's a big that's that's a big kaboom no. <laughs> that is a huge. You're crossing state lines. All right. All right. Noted. All right, fellas. All right. All right. Have Thanks. a good Thanks. one. Take care. Thank you again, Mark. Respect again to Mark for joining us for that period of time. He uh, he had to jump on a flight, but just wanted to say thanks again to him. And um, and as Dominic always says, please rate, review, etc. Right, Dom? Yes. YouTube, we're uh, on there. Check out the website, theaibshow.com. We'll have links to everywhere we're at, actually. Now on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, we're on all the socials, guys. YouTube. YouTube, watch the videos on there. Kindly subscribe, give us comments. Even if there's something you don't like, you know, we, we got some feedback regarding uh, mic issues, which we're working on for the YouTube. We also got constructive criticism, which we agreed with, where we had um, mentioned a couple of problems, but provided no solutions of our own or thoughts on how to solve things. So again, hit us up, good, bad, whatever it is. Let us know. We really do appreciate the overall engagement between you guys. So that's it. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you. Stay tuned for the next episodes coming forth.